Hello, everyone. I'm Kristen Crockett, your hostess for the Courageous Destiny podcast, creating your own rules of empowerment. And today I am incredibly honored to have one of my dear friends, mentee, and my client, Yvonne Heller, with me today. Now, to know Yvonne Heller is to know a hurricane and a firecracker. <laughs> Yvonne, <laughs> Heller. <laughs> Yvonne Heller is a flurry of activity wherever she goes, and she just exudes love and good intention. And I love working with her. And one of the things that I, I really noticed right away about Yvonne is she's like, is it scary? Is it, is it something that other people wouldn't do, but I feel like doing it? I'm doing it. And she just does it. <laughs> and she's brave and she's courageous and she is the perfect person for me to be interviewing today on my Courageous Destiny podcast. Yvonne. I will, hi, Kristen. <laughs> hi. Why don't you tell us who you are? Tell us wow. who you are. <laughs> wow, there's so much there. Um, <laughs> so much more than meets the eye. Um, well, I'm a 51-year-old mom of three teenagers. Um, I am a health consultant. I am in training to be a coach. So exciting. Um, I'm also a survivor of many hard things. But I am also a thriver because I have overcome and conquered many hard things. Yes, you have. And I do want to, I, I can't help but point out this part too. So Yvonne is following it. I'm so proud of her and I'm so excited to be working with her. So Yvonne is following in my footsteps of becoming a deserve level coach. And she has done amazing, amazing work like increase her sales by what, what was it again? Like 133%? Relative? 150%. 150%. And so I'm just always so proud of you. And I remember you saying, just like I did one day, you're like, oh my gosh, this works. I have to help others do this. I want this for my team. Because Yvonne is so passionate about her company and so passionate about what she does. And because she was... And I'm going to let you take it away from here. But she was, she went from having cancer, from feeling really, 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 really low, right? And, yeah. and just completely depleted to thriving and going to the opposite end of that spectrum, which was such a dramatic contrast. And I think that that is the type of thing that I want people to hear about because there is life after trauma. There is life. Yeah. And ways that we can go about doing things that can really help us thrive in any circumstance. And so that's really one of the main reasons why I wanted to have her on today. So why don't you tell us about that? What was that like for you? You know, um, everything starts off so great, right? We have these amazing intentions. We um, take on adulthood and have big dreams. And um, when, when those dreams get shattered, um, and in my case, that started with losing my parents way too soon before I even became a parent, mm -hmm. you know, major life change, um, an economic crisis that literally 
took away everything material from me, from my cars. Yes. From my cars to all the extras, but then it became my home. So, I mean, it was this process of just, you know, it started as like a pruning, but it felt like, you know, a, a hurricane had come through and just stripped everything away suddenly. And where do you go from there? Now, at that point, I was in my 40s. In my 40s, I started late. I had three little kids. And that's where, you know, you have to make some decisions. And where I landed, which I think is not uncommon, is to make sure that everybody that I felt responsible for was going to be okay and wasn't going to suffer and didn't feel the stress. And I took it all on. And I came out looking like a warrior (laughs) because, and and I believe it was absolutely a a divine gifting, a blessing that I overcame these things that seemed impossible to other people, losing my parents and continuing to move forward, then losing my business, my properties, my cars. I mean, I never dreamt I'd sit in my driveway and watch the family car with the car seats get jacked up on the back of a tow truck. But that happened. And now what do you drive? Well, (laughs) I do have a hashtag that one of my amazing leader friends, Blair Critch, uh, came up with for me, which is hashtag homeless to Lexus. Um, Because despite all that loss, I have overcome. But, you know, after the series of hard things, Um, including bottoming out at homelessness, literally, where we were evicted and had nowhere to go. We were left Mm -hmm. without family. We didn't have a support system where we had moved to make the fresh start. And, um, but, you know, again, another blessing of a a nonprofit that took us in. So I, again, like a warrior, worked a program and um, rose to the occasion of, you know, redefining what my life would look like. I no longer could fulfill that dream of being a stay-at-home mom. I had to, to provide for my family so that right. we could move on sustainably. And I was upset. I'll be honest. You know, people don't see all the, the tears and the anger. And well, the- I think that's so important to point out, too, is because a lot of people, and I know people say this to me, too, they're like, oh, my gosh, you're on the other side. You look so great. You're so put together. You're so happy and you shine. And what people don't realize is the amount of work that goes into creating that. You know, that there, that there is this acceptance that occurs where you're accepting circumstances And you're realizing that you're not your circumstances. And it gives you that ability to almost be reborn and go, you know what? I just went through the toughest thing that I could possibly think of. You know, I mean, for you, homeless, cancer survivor, right? You get through that and you're like, you know, I mean, how, you know, there's, there's a certain amount of a rebirth, right? That whole concept of being reborn. Oh, absolutely. And I felt like that happened on numerous occasions as I overcome, overcame each hard thing. And by the way, I was very um, public. I felt led to be vulnerable and transparent, which is not normal 
I found out. Um, But I just felt led and I had a confidence about sharing, knowing that I might inspire somebody else. And wow, has that blessed me immeasurably Uh, and and hundreds of other people. But, um, you know, each time people celebrate you as you overcome, right? Like, wow, they look at you so strong and it does feel good in the Mm -hmm. moment. But when you're alone and you reflect on the repeated struggles, even though I am a positive person filled with gratitude, always enjoy my whole life, I found myself really um, starting to feel drained and exhausted mentally. And this was even before the cancer, because you think, okay, yeah, everyone thinks this looks so easy, but this is not fun. And am I supposed to live like this? That becomes the question. Like, why is this my calling? Why do other people seem to have it easier? But I thought I had to keep up the positive me. Um, so, you know, again, I kept rising to the occasion. And like you said, sort of a rebirth. You, you sort of regenerate your spirit and go, okay, I got this. Maybe I'm finally done. And I'm on the road to a normal life right? Because how much more loss could there possibly be? That's where I was after homelessness and overcoming and really just rocking that program and coming out so successful. Um, I exceeded all their expectations and that made me feel real good, you know? (laughs) So I had been sort of reborn and I thought, this is it. I'm on top of the world. And I was 45 years old and, um, you know, I, I discovered it's so hard to believe that you're like 50. I mean, and I don't think I, that that's old, by the way. It's just that you do not look at all. I am, I am 51, 51 like, and a half as of tomorrow. Freaking, <laughs> so. this, this woman is in like the best shape of anybody, I swear. I mean, she is just in amazing shape. Amazing shape. She's got crazy. Well, thank you. <laughs> yes, I do. And they're all covered up because it's about 25 degrees out here. Yes, so <laughs> I'm courageously. I will make you flex up. tonight, but that is one of my favorite things to do. <laughs> that will be a challenge based on yes. the entire tonight. But um, yeah, so, you know, I'm, I was on top of the world. We were, we had secured a home back in our old, you know, space and everything was going so good. And I thought, I don't have to wait for the next shoe to drop. And that's when I received, um, some very unexpected news that I had cancer. Oh boy. And I was a working mom. Again, I readjusted after my dreams were shattered, right? I kind of resigned myself to being a working mom. I had to assume a new role. And um, as sort of a provider, and I thought, well, you know, I'm going to be the best you know, working mom, I could be, I always did that. But when the cancer thing hit, it was a rude awakening. Cause I didn't look like a sickly person. I didn't feel sick, but I also had lived so many years of struggle that I thought, is this how it's going to end? Like, how do you get reborn from here? I didn't know if I was going to live or die. Although interestingly, um, I wasn't worried about dying. I did have a very strong faith and that's a huge piece of my journey. It is so um, inspirational, your faith. It always has inspired me. You know, and it's, what's fascinating to me is that it's, it's not been a long road. I only came to faith in 2008 at 39 years old. 
when someone finally introduced me to the concept of an active living faith. And I thought, wow, I wish someone would have told me about this a little sooner. But like everything, I just kind of fast tracked myself and ran after it. And it was so natural to pursue that. But I think it's because, of course, our God knew what I would be facing. And so he prepared me and provided. So I did have a confidence. So I wasn't worried about dying. But here's what I discovered later. After I survived the cancer, I also wasn't worried about living. Mm. I had lost my intention, my focus, my concern around actually living. I was literally just surviving each hard thing. Wow. And overcoming and, and then just surviving. It's almost like a numbness, right? That's what I'm it hearing. It is. It is. And, and, you know, you get into the like, wait for the next shoe drop, you know, kind of mode. But because I was such a positive person, I did have this extreme faith. I was able to not sit in the negative, but that doesn't Before mean you're Before you well. go on any further, I just have to point out a very important decision that you said that I hear so many people say, waiting, I'm waiting for the next shoe to drop. The shoe is going to drop. And so many of us don't do things in life or keep ourselves stagnant because we're waiting for the shoe to drop. And it's nothing more than this really unconscious, casual decision that stops more people from action than I would even care to even think about. Yeah, so and that's why, I, yeah, I, yeah. And that's where um, I- The shoe's gonna drop, so I better not do it, right? Well, you <laughs> stopped dreaming. Have that, right, yeah. Right. And I had been living a life of, um, I used to call it the straight A student syndrome, perfectionism. I had always done so well in school, in my careers. I always excelled. So I, you know, struggled with this whole like waiting for the next shoe to drop. Um, when I got into that mentality, I did stop dreaming because I could no longer set my expectation too high because I had already decided I would never meet it and I didn't want to fail. So in order to avoid failure or looking less than perfect or performing less than well, I kept the bar so, so low mm -hmm. so that I guaranteed myself I would never disappoint myself. So if I always just made the bar, I could still feel successful mm -hmm. and not a failure. Does that make sense? It does. And that to me right there is a really huge opportunity for people to be reborn. Yeah. Because when you can, when you can transform the idea that no matter what I'm successful, you know, no matter what, so I can, I can raise, I can put all kinds of really high standards in front of me. And if I don't achieve them, you know what? That's okay. It's okay. It doesn't make me a bad person if I don't achieve them, but I'm going to play a big game to achieve them. And I'm going to give myself the freedom, the freedom to set the bars really high. And I'm going to end up a lot further along the line than I would have before, you know, and sometimes I'm going to hit them. I'm going to keep working at that. But no matter what, I'm going to have full self-acceptance of myself and I'm going to love myself, whether I busted through that or not. 
you know? So if you can yeah. just, if you can just embrace yourself, no matter what, <laughs> no matter and, what, and you set that bar as high as you want. Now you're going for a bigger bar and you're not afraid. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And that's where I had buried myself under all the hard. Yeah. And lost that ability to raise the bar and have the confidence. Mm-hmm. I, I sort of lived in this shroud or this fog and I, I never, I just, I just gave up on that. And so I had sort of a rebirth, um, an awakening on a physical level first. That for me, after, you know, a series, let's say about 10 years of extremely intense, hard living and overcoming and struggle and overcoming over and over and over. Um, I was in a physical space that was dark and heavy, and I had to experience a rebirth physically, an awakening physically, before I could even see the possibility of doing anything different or just surviving, you know, and, and adding age in as a factor at 45, 46, nobody's really preaching hope out there, right? You're going to get more tired and more heavy and, you know, ache uh, more <laughs> in your body and, and they don't give you much hope for it. It's kind of like the, the tail end instead of. Yeah. And that's like an old habit of society that, I mean, if people can interrupt that when you get older, you start aching and you start, and those are all decisions too, right? So people get, and that's, yes. And that's where, where I come in now. I absolutely interrupt people. And that is why I put my age out there and say, listen, I want you to know it's never too late and you're never too far gone because I had that physical awakening and it opened my eyes. It literally lifted the fog and brought color and light Mm -hmm. back into my eyes and into my vision. And I went, wow, I'm living again. And so I did start focusing on living and living it up and making the most out of my life. So that was the first rebirth um, until I hit a ceiling. And, and now, then- now you you actually are are one of my my participants in my group coaching program, Courageous Destiny Rebirth. You get to choose victim or victor. What are you looking to re- be reborn right now? Well, I had made a very courageous decision a few years ago to leave corporate America and take Mm -hmm. a huge leap um, into business on my own, being an entrepreneur. And the odds are not in favor, (laughs) right? I could have looked at, you know, and listened to everybody who said, that's the most ridiculous decision ever. Mm -hmm. How foolish. (laughs) But I felt compelled that I could do it. And I, you know, experienced such tremendous success that I reached a point, right, where it was like I sort of hit the ceiling. And that's where Kristen um, came into my life and shared deserve level, right, Mm -hmm. Um, and helped me break through that limit and achieve just incredible results. And so... Yeah, you know, well, and what ha- I mean, it's interesting, and I've seen this so many times, and I and I experienced it in myself because that's why I became a deserve level coach in the first place, and why I trained and, and did all the work that I did to become certified was that I saw that those limits created a cage 
for me to live in, right? It was like a cage, right? It's like, I can't do anything. I only have to live here because if I go outside of here, this person's not going to be happy. Or if I go outside of my cage, maybe I'll be homeless again. You know, I can only, I can only work within my cage, you know, but when you remove all of those limits and you raise your deserve level and you bust through that ceiling, you're like, I can do anything. And now look at you. I mean, now look at you. I mean, 150% over quota, you know, training to, you know, be a deserve level coach, you know, such an honor to mentor you and an honor to coach you, you know, and it's like to see you just keep busting through and busting through. And bu- Guys, this woman doesn't stop. She just <laughs> doesn't stop. And it's, it's really, really cool to see. Yeah. Um, so I always have to ask all of my guests two very important questions. So one question that I always ask all my guests is what is the most courageous thing you've ever done? Um, gosh. So I would say, you know, people have seen me far more courageous than I ever thought of myself. Um, so I really believe making the move and leaving the corporate role and taking my role back as a mom and an entrepreneur, knowing that my vision that had been given to me was always to be a successful businesswoman. Mm Mm-hmm. And just because I was a mom of three did not mean that I couldn't do it all, that I couldn't do both. And I didn't really discover that because it seemed to be either or until I made the courageous leap and, you know, I just leapt and on paper, it didn't make sense to anybody. And that was okay. But that was, that was a very courageous move. Um, I remember you doing that in the coaching because you did that when we were coaching together. And I remember going... Woo-hoo! I did that too, but I knew, you know, I knew I'm like, man, this, this, this woman, you know, has a similarity. Yeah. She's got some and the really, <laughs> the really courageous thing. Cause it's easy to sometimes to make a courageous decision and then go back on it. Right. So that was the, the key that I learned so much from you, Kristen, about um, being in integrity with myself. Mm-hmm. and not giving up on myself because it was very tempting. And I met, I was met with a lot of resistance, you know, down the road. Initially it looks really good and it feels good and everyone seems to support. But when the resistance came later, it could be very tempting if I hadn't received the support and the coaching and the tools to help me continue to move forward in the direction of my goals and have the confidence that I got to decide and I could take the action to do it. And so I'm most proud of the fact that I never gave up on me because that is over three years ago. And you know what I'm really excited about is that you never gave up on you and it was like me, right? Because I had that too. It's like, if I have one superpower, it was to keep going. It was to not quit. And there yeah. were so many times 
that I wanted to stay in that comfortable cage. And I wanted to stay, you know, almost like, look, the cage and the limits, they're comfortable. It's comfortable to stay there because we've got all kinds of evidence to support us that the people in our situation (laughs) would be freaking mad if they left or they'd be mad if they did this, right? They would just be, they'd be crazy to do it. Right. And the right thing to do is to take care of your family. Right. And and everybody else first. Right. And then we forget that we're the example for our kids. Like, what do we want our kids to do? Do we want our kids to live a life that doesn't fulfill them, that they're unhappy with because they have a bunch of made up limits that keeps them in a cage, you know? And if the answer to me, if that answer was, you know, I'm like, no, I want my kids to live limitless. I want my kids to create a career for themselves where they spend the majority of their time fulfilled and happy and excited. Therefore, I'm that example. And and that was my fuel to not quit because it's hard not to quit sometimes because that cage is comfortable. <laughs> and there's a lot of voices all around. What are you doing? Right? A lot of people, you know, it's like people who never had opinions before on anything that you did all of a sudden have opinions. Right? Yes. Yes. You're just amazing. Okay. One more question. Okay. You ready? I hope so. On your bucket list, there's a courageous thing. What is the most courageous thing that you still want to do and you want to make sure that you do in your life. What do you have to get past to get there? Well, this like, is really just um, the marrying up of the vision um, that has really been woven into me um, and kind of married up with some incredible gifts that I have naturally. Um, and my absolute passion to help other people. I am just, it is just truly my heart to connect, Mm -hmm. to connect, connect, connect. And um, I've been gifted with communication skills. I'm an excellent writer. I'm a natural speaker. And so my courageous vision is to be on a big stage in front of a lot of people. And it's not for the applause. It's for that connection with the people, for their heart to be moved in such a way that I don't just inspire them. I mean, I really touch them deeply and um, just connect because I know there are so many people in these audiences just waiting for someone that they can relate to that feels like, gosh, if I could just talk to her, she'd, she'd get me, you know, that just that heart string connection. And I know I can do that. I know I can, I do it, but I want to do it for more people. And so why not dream that? I mean, I've been given the gift of communication And I'm certainly not afraid to stand up in front of 25,000 people. Please, that is not a concern. Um, It's being given the opportunity. Um, So that's that's my courageous big dream is to get up and and really inspire specifically other women who have 
believed the lies and accepted the limits and buried themselves and, you know, just focused on everybody else and taking the weight of the world on and just become these survivors. And I know they're in there and I know they're struggling and I know nobody knows but them, but I want them to know that I know. And um, I, I just see myself doing that. It's, it's a big dream, but I'll do it. Well, I think it sounds like a really great thing to be reborn into, right? Because right. if you didn't know about what you did in the past and you could create anything for your future, why not an influencer on a stage in front of thousands of people? Why yep. not? I mean, you already are. You already are there. Like the way I see you, you already are there. <laughs> You're magnificent. You're it's exciting. Cool. <laughs> and there are no more shoes left to drop, by the way. <laughs> of course there's not. You haven't had shoes to drop in a long time. I just want to make sure nobody else drops any shoes. If somebody says that to me, I'm like, well, you know, I'm always waiting for the other shoe to drop. I'm like, put it back on your foot. <laughs> Don't let it drop. Go get a new pair of shoes and start dancing, right? Yes. Yes. Well, Yvonne, it has been an honor to interview you on my podcast today. How do people get in touch with you? If they want to know oh, about more about how you stay so healthy and so full of life and, and all those things. How do they get <laughs> um, well, I'm on Facebook and you'll notice my big, bright smile always. Um, that's how you'll know you'll have found Yvonne Heller. Um, I'm really excited that I super shortly and launching my own website yvonneheller.com yes in just a few weeks yvonneheller.com is going live I am super excited um, and I'm also available text um, 630-605-0043 I love to make myself accessible um, I'd love to have a chat and just get to know you and, um, you know, create a plan for you to start living it up and removing limits and courageously step into whatever it is that, that you'd like to do. I mean, really start dreaming. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. They're, they're in there somewhere. There we go. (laughs) Can you see them yet? I do. There's a little bit. It's happening. It's happening. That's okay. So those of you who are listening, you can't see me. I'm touching my arm right now because I'm creating courageous biceps. And I am telling you, I'm going from noodle. I was going to say noodle to poodle. That doesn't make sense. But a noodle to biceps. <laughs> there you go. And this is where I'm going to step into the coach's role and take That's you right. <laughs> I, I got I got a coach. She's coaching me on courageous biceps. Thank you, you Yvonne. Thank you. Thank you, Kristen. Yes. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, if you need anything at all, please reach out. And next time, until next time, have a good one.